Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and my little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level, topic by topic, to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Yay! So Episode 29. 29, that's right, yeah. I couldn't remember because we didn't number any of the episodes from last week. From no. last week, but we did manage to get through a lot of stuff there, which was good. Mm-hmm. And I'm pleased with it, I'm proud of it. Yeah, great. So today we're looking at water and inorganic ions. Basically, it's all the important properties of water that make it so useful in biology, the world, that sort of thing. What can you tell me about water already? We're made up of water. We have a lot of water in our bodies. There's lots of water in the world. There is. It evaporates. It does. Uh, Some people say water. Some people say water. (laughs) I say water. I see these are all good biological facts there, Sarah. Mm -hmm. It's H2O. Yes, good. Well done. Yeah, H2O. Wasn't there a song? You're going to put this. You're going to put the song in, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a reminder, mm-hmm. a little throwback. Yeah, throwback um, Thursday. Yes, yeah, so let's give that a go. So th- uh, the yeah, song it will actually be throwback. <laughs> give the song a go. <laughs> no, let's not give that a go. But let's talk about water. As you said, H2O. The structure is two hydrogen atoms. Two hydrogen. Do you want some help? Two hydrogen atoms <laughs> and one oxygen atom. It's because I've put one hydrogen atom and two oxygen atoms in my notes. Oh, so I'm looking at it thinking... That's not right. That's not right? Yeah. Why did I write that? So two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom mm-hmm. uh, covalently bonded together. Do you know what that means? Probably at one point in my life, but I don't know now. Atoms have electrons in shells that are important for the bonding bonding between different atoms. What an atom wants most in its whole life is a full outer shell. So the first shell can hold two electrons and every shell after that can hold eight. So what I'm doing here is just telling you the sort of the GCSE level sort of bonding so that you have Mm -hmm. a sort of basic idea of it. I understand that at chemistry, A level, you have to go into a lot more detail about that and it's all a lie what i'm teaching you now is a lie Mm -hmm. but it's not at gcse the first shell can hold up to two electrons after that it's full and you have to start filling up a third electron shell and they can hold up to eight Mm -hmm. every shell after that when atoms bond with each other they're trying to gain a full outer shell they're trying to get the electrons that they're missing or get rid of electrons that they've got hydrogen has one electron in its shell only has one shell and it has one electron Oxygen is in group six, so that has six electrons in its outer shell. So oxygen needs two to get a full outer shell. Hydrogen just wants one to get a full outer shell. Each hydrogen will put its electron into a covalent bond and share with the oxygen. The oxygen will do the same with both hydrogens, give an electron to a covalent bond for each hydrogen. So a a covalent bond is the sharing of an electron from each atom. That's actually quite important when it comes to the structure of water 
if you think about water being like an oxygen and then two little hydrogens, always reminds me of a Mickey Mouse head. Right. Because it's got like the big, o- the mm-hmm. big oxygen and then the two little ears of the hydrogens. Now, if you think about it, the hydrogen is sharing its electron with the oxygen. So the electron, the negative electron, is actually closer in being pulled towards the oxygen. The hydrogens in water are slightly positive at the other side. Does that make sense? No. I will show you. There's your oxygen mm-hmm. and there's your hydrogens. The blue one is the hydrogen from the, the, hydrogen. the, the electron from the hydrogen. Obviously, the other one's the thing. It's being pulled more towards the oxygen side because it, and it's negative. So actually, the other side of the hydrogen is slightly positive. And the oxygen is slightly negative because it's got two extra electrons near it. What we call water is polar or dipolar because one side's slightly positive and the other side's slightly negative, so it has opposite poles. So that actually gives it some brilliant properties. Water molecules like that will bond to other water molecules with weak hydrogen bonds. So what I mean by that is they're sort of attracted towards each other. So the slightly negative oxygen is attracted to another water molecule's slightly positive hydrogen, and that forms a hydrogen bond. Now, they're quite weak bonds... They're about one-tenth of a covalent bond that's taking place between the actual atoms. But the molecules and water molecules themselves have these slight attractions to each other. So that means that they stay together. And that is going to give it some really useful properties on Earth or in biology. The first property that I'm going to talk about, because it links together, is water has some amazing cohesion. So because the water molecules are attracted to each other with these hydrogen bonds, they stay together. Let's together. That makes water flow. When it flows, it all stays together in a big, long column. So if you were to think about as it flows up a stem, or what we would say is xylem in the stem of a plant, it forms one big, long, unbroken column as it travels up because of the cohesion between the molecules. Another one of this is surface tension. Water stays together as droplets. It doesn't just scatter like oil would. It stays together. Let's stick together. It's so cohesive that it will even support small organisms on its surface. So there are such things as pond skaters or small little insects that can actually walk on the surface of the water because they're so light. But because the cohesion of water keeps the molecules together and it's, it's as if it's a surface. And Jesus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and Jesus. <laughs> But you get the idea, mm-hmm. yeah? You know, you can find videos of pond skaters just sort of skipping along the surface of water, but they don't fall it through the water surface. They just sit on the surface. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the cohesion between the molecules. Right, the next couple of little properties I want to talk about are just slightly more complicated and a bit more like physics E. Now, water... Welcome to Teach Me Physics. <laughs> we could never do Teach Me Physics. I could do Teach Me GCSE Physics. But I couldn't do it to be A-level physics. Oh, okay. We'd have to get like other people in to do, else that. to do that. Yeah. Become a family of podcasts. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Right. Oh, don't steal our idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Water has a high specific heat capacity. Does that mean anything to you? Boiling. Yeah, eventually. So specific heat capacity means energy needed to raise one gram of a substance by one degree. So how much heat energy you have to supply to any substance that one gram of it will go up by one degree C. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, water has a very high specific heat capacity, which means you need to put a lot of energy into it to raise its temperature. And the reason for that is these hydrogen bonds. As you supply heat to water, a lot of the energy is being used to break the hydrogen bonds between the molecules, not raising the temperature or exciting the molecules so that they vibrate mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's actually about breaking those bonds. So water can take on a lot of heat without really changing the temperature of the water that much until you get to a point where it starts to boil, obviously, mm -hmm. and that would be your 100 degrees C. That makes water really stable, which is why... It's a good habitat for aquatic animals and a li like life-giving substance for us because if it wasn't for those hydrogen bonds, water wouldn't exist as a liquid on Earth. It would actually just be a gas all the time. So water is quite amazing, really, because it can withstand temperature changes and still remain quite stable. So the way it's worded in the spec is it can resist sudden temperature changes or buffer sudden temperature changes. If the temperature was to change rapidly on like Earth, on the land, it actually wouldn't change that much in the sea or in the lakes or in the rivers mm -hmm. and the animals would be okay because it would just take that heat in without really t changing the temperature yeah. of the water. And then the other thing about water kind of linked to that, when you get to a point where the hydrogen bonds have broken, that water's going to start to vaporise. Steam. And create steam. But water can create water vapour and steam without boiling. So it doesn't need to be boiling yeah. for water to evaporate off the surface because once the hydrogen bonds have broken for the molecules on the surface, they can escape as a gas without it actually the whole thing boiling. And that is really useful to living organisms that sweat because sweating is about cooling down your body temperature, isn't it? So when water evaporates off your skin, it takes heat energy with it and that cools down the skin that's left behind and mm -hmm. makes you feel cooler. Water has that kind of amazing ability to be able to do that without the whole body of water actually bubbling and boiling. So it has what we call a high latent heat of vaporisation, which is quite a specific term to use. It's like a physics specific term, but all it means is it's good for animals that sweat because it helps to cool the body down without there actually being the need for a boiling point, as it were. Now, as we know, so a few of the properties that water has, just to quickly discuss, it's a good, what we call, metabolite. So we know that it is a raw material for a lot of important reactions. So it's used in those reactions as an actual reactant. So we've talked about condensation reactions, haven't we? Which are about making major molecules in our body, like proteins, carbohydrates, all those, building them up. Water is used in those reactions and produced in hydrolysis reactions, which break them down. So we know it's an important, what we call metabolite. So it actually has a place in chemical reactions that are really important for us. And it's also a raw material in photosynthesis. So it's important for plants as well, in order for them to make food. That is another important property of water. And it's also a good solvent. What does that mean? Fire. No. Some solvents catch fire and quite flammable. Yes. But that water is not one of those things, is it? If something's a solvent, what can it do? Go on fire. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea. Uh, it allows things to dissolve in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Water allows things like salts to dissolve in it. And there's a reason for that. Like, if you were to think about a typical thing that dissolves, like salt, 
like NaCl, sodium chloride, they are ionically bonded together, which means the sodium, which is in group one, and has one electron in its outer shell, is going to give its one electron to chlorine, which is in group seven, and needs one electron for a full outer shell. So they will ionically bond with each other, but because one is giving up an electron and one is gaining an electron, they become ions, which means they're charged. Sodium is giving up one negative electron, so overall it becomes positive. Chlorine is gaining one negative electron, so overall it becomes more negative. Now, if they were bonded together and then they were to go into water, those ions would actually disassociate from each other and the water molecules would start to interfere with that. What would happen is the positive sodium ion would become surrounded by water molecules because it's attracted to the negative oxygen in the water molecule. You'd have a little sodium ion surrounded by water molecules with the oxygens all facing towards it. And then the chlorine would be surrounded by the hydrogen. It's switched mm -hmm. around and the hydrogen's all facing towards it. So essentially, it's dissolved because they're not together. They're mm -hmm. separate. The water molecules keeping them separate in the water. As soon as the water evaporates, they go back together again as salt crystals. So that's why it's a good solvent for things like salts, sugars, things like that. Yeah. Not other things like paints and... Oil. Yeah, things like that. It doesn't dissolve in the water. Water doesn't have properties that makes paint dissolve, but other solvents do, like turpentine. Because it's a good at allowing things to dissolve, that means that different reactions can take place in the water a lot faster than if they weren't in the water, if that makes sense. So like fa reactions can happen faster. But it's also really good for transport, especially inside organisms. Obviously, there's lots of water in our blood and there's lots of water in our cells, but also lots of dissolved things in there being transported, moved around, used, that sort of thing. That's that's it. That's it for water. Okay. They're all the properties of water because of those hydrogen bonds holding mm -hmm. them together. And then just a little bit about inorganic ions because it's definitely not a whole episode because it's just really straightforward. Like you just have to basically understand. Like we just talked about what ions are. They're charged particles because they've lost or gained electrons. Inorganic ion is one that generally doesn't contain carbon. And you basically just have to know that there are specific ions in our bodies that have a specific function. It might be that you'll get a question where it says name one or an inorganic ion and tell me its job. So, for instance, the ones in the spec are things like iron. So Fe plus takes its place in hemoglobin. Do you know what hemoglobin? Yeah. Do you know what hemoglobin does? It is found oxygen. in the blood. It's about carrying oxygen. So hemoglobin is like the main chemical found inside red blood cells and it binds to oxygen, carries oxygen around. So iron ions are found in our bodies and that's its important function. That's why blood tastes like metal. Yeah. If I was to say to you phosphates, phosphate ions, what would that remind you of? Where have we talked about phosphates, like what structures or what other molecules are they a part of uh, monomers yeah so they're part of what monomer the one we did the other week so we did atp that was it yeah and there's three phosphates there was two on the end wasn't there yeah that's oh, diphosphate it got, it got rid of one yeah yeah so atp is adenosine triphosphate adp is when it loses that terminal phosphate releases the energy in the bond yeah. so um that's adp so we know that phosphate takes a really important role in ATP and the release of energy. 
Anywhere else that's important that we've done? Phospholipid. Yeah, good, yeah. So a phosphate replaces one of the fatty acid tails and forms part of the cell membrane. It's one other place. DNA. So the monomer of DNA is a nucleotide and it's made up of pentose sugar, ribose sugar or deoxyribose sugar, phosphate and the base. So phosphate is, is present in each nucleotide all the way down the DNA. So there's loads of jobs that it has. And then we've also got sodium. Do you remember what the important job sodium has involving transport through the membrane? Um, one of them goes in and one of them goes yeah. out. Sodium is involved in co-transport of glucose into the cell. So do you remember when we talked about yeah. how when it gets to the point where there's a really low concentration of glucose and it needs active transport help to get through, to get the in. last through, the sodium yeah. helps it through, yeah. <laughs> Right, should we do some questions? Mm -hmm. There are, across all of the exam questions that I have access to, there are two questions specifically on water and one question specifically on inorganic ions, just asking about directly name one. Okay. And that's it. So you can see how often this comes up as an individual question. But I have got three questions, so I've took the two water ones and the one inorganic ion one, and I'll ask you those. Okay. Okay? The first question is exactly that. Other than sodium, name an inorganic ion and give one example of its biological importance in a cell. A phosphate. Yeah, so phosphate. it's important because you said it's a part of DNA. Yeah, good. Well um, done. So this particular question wants the biological importance of an ion inside a cell. So it would have to be specific to stuff that was just inside inside the cell. Yeah, like DNA. Yeah. ATP. You could talk about iron, the iron ion, because it's part of haemoglobin, which is inside a cell. The second question is this. State and explain the property of water that can help to buffer changes in temperature. The hydrogen bonds. Right. So name the property. It has a high... Do you remember what it was? Um, if I was to say SHC as the initials for this particular terminology... Oh, I'm never going to remember that long no. word. Forget it. <laughs> specific heat capacity. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it has a high specific heat capacity. Yeah. And how does that work? The hydrogen bonds. Yeah. It has to, it has to break the bonds. Yeah. So that's what it spends more time doing than actually allowing energy. The... It's what it spends more energy doing. Yeah. yeah. And then it can't, like, the f it takes longer for the cells to heat up and for them to vibrate Not cells, and stuff. Water molecules. Water molecules to heat up yeah. and vibrate. Yeah. Good. They take on a lot of energy without there really being any temperature changes. Last question, but this is four marks. Okay. Give two properties of water that are important in the cytoplasm of cells. For each property, explain it's important in the cytoplasm. So I'm being really emphasising the question here, saying in the cytoplasm. So we can't talk about specific heat capacity because that's not related to cells. That's just related to water. Which of the properties that we talked about would make it really good for cytoplasm? Dissolving. Yes, good. Yeah, it acts as a solvent. Why is that good? Re it can... Reactions are... Quick. Yeah, quicker. Well done. So the reactions are faster. So that would be two marks so far. So saying that it's a good solvent, reactions can happen faster in, in it. Why is it a good solvent? The um, of the attraction and the negative and the positive. Yeah, and because, the because 
because it can surround the ions because it itself is polar. Mm-hmm. So it itself has a positive and a negative end. So it can be attracted to other charged particles depending on what side it is. So another sort of pair of answers would be it's a polar molecule, therefore it acts as a good solvent. The other one that you could have said was it's reactive, it takes part in reactions, it's a good oh, metabolite. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And then you could name, like, say, hydrolysis or photosynthesis as its good reasoning. The wider reading is still going to be The Beautiful Cure by Daniel M. Davis, talking about immunology and the immune system and Mm -hmm. how it works. We'll keep sort of recommending that till the end of January, even though we've just done five episodes recommending it. We still carry on doing that. Shall I do my roundup? Water has many properties that make it very important in biology. Firstly, water molecules are made up of one oxygen atom covalently bonded to two hydrogen atoms, meaning it shares one of its electrons with each hydrogen atom. This leads to water molecules becoming dipolar as the hydrogen atoms become slightly positive as its electrons are close to the oxygen molecule and the oxygen molecules become slightly negative. These opposite charges and consequent attraction between the molecules allows weak hydrogen bonds to form between them. This leads to some important properties. Firstly, the attraction between the molecules means it has a strong cohesive force holding the water molecules together, meaning water can flow easily and form a column in the xylem. Where water molecules meet air, they are pulled back at lower temperatures rather than escaping as a gas. This is called surface tension, which can support small organisms on its surface. Water has a high specific heat capacity as heat energy is used to break the hydrogen bonds rather than raise the temperature of the water. This allows water to resist sudden temperature changes and provides a stable habitat for aquatic animals. When enough heat is applied to break the hydrogen bonds, water molecules can escape from the surface as a gas, taking heat energy with it. This is useful to organisms as the body can cool down when sweat evaporates from the surface. Water is a raw material in many reactions, including photosynthesis and many hydrolysis reactions. It is formed in many condensation reactions. Many substances can dissolve in water due to the polar nature of water molecules. The positive ions will attract the oxygen atoms and become surrounded, and the negative ions will be attracted to the hydrogen atoms. This separates the ions in a salt, meaning it is dissolved, making water a good solvent and allowing reactions to occur faster. Inorganic ions are mainly ions that contain no carbon, and are found in our bodies and each has a specific role depending on its properties. This can include phosphate ions, which form part of the structure of DNA or RNA, and ATP. Sodium ions are important in co-transporting glucose and amino acids through the membrane, and iron ions are a component of haemoglobin in red blood cells. Okay, Mm -hmm. got any takeaways? Yes, water is important for living things and on the earth. Because it is a metabolite. A metabolite, yeah. Metabolite, yeah. And it is good at dissolving a solvent. Yeah, so it's a good dissolver. And uh, it is two hydrogens and an oxygen. And when they connect together, one side is a bit negative, one side's a bit positive. Yeah. Um, when you put them with other stuff, they all connect up together and they're very cohesive so they stay together when they are doing dissolving all of the things surround the thing that is dissolving and then when it evaporates 
they go together again. There's like missing details there, but you've got the general gist of yes. the, the properties of mm-hmm. water. Yeah. And if you'd like to contact us, you can go on our website, that's teachmescience.co.uk. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at teachmebiocast. And you can find us on Instagram at teachmebiologycast. Right, and we've had some messages, oh, okay. some nice messages. So on Instagram, we had a message from from the boiler. The boiler. <laughs> Hi, we're back now. We just had to stop what we were doing because the boiler where we are recording, we record in a little cupboard that also houses the boiler. And um, it just clicked on. So we had to spend about 10 minutes waiting for it to go off. So we sang songs that had water in them. <laughs> You'll probably never hear that, but... (laughs) Like a bridge over troubled water It's always repeating itself (laughs) Where was I? You were saying something about the boiler. (laughs) Before the boiler. I've got no idea. Oh, we were talking about nice messages that we'd had. Oh, yes, a nice message so, from the boiler. <laughs> so we had a message from a young lady called Kira on Instagram, and she said that, I have an exam on macromolecules on Wednesday, and I've been stressing over it so much. I'm so glad I found your podcast. They are so helpful. Really appreciate you doing them, especially the questions at the end. Part of the fear was not really knowing what kind of questions would come up. Thank you so, so much. And no she... Kira. I know. It's so our pleasure. Mm-hmm. And she, the exam went well because she messaged me to say the exam went really well. Great. But she was a bit stuck on some of the questions to do with structure and things like that. But she feels quite confident about it. And okay. she's like really pleased with how it's gone. So Fantastic. That's nice. Nice mm-hmm. to hear. We had a couple of messages as well on Twitter. So we had one that was from an actual teacher saying that she can't wait to share what we're doing with her students, which I thought was great. great. And then we had a lovely message from Anna. Anna Kendrick? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think this was specifically a message to us. I oh, think right. she tweeted about us. Oh, OK. That's and we, still a because she mentioned us, yeah. we saw it. So yeah. um, it was great. So she said, uh, been listening to At Teach Me Biocast and it's amazing. I live in Egypt and I'm doing my IGCSEs, so I still have to do my exams. I listen to their podcast every morning before mock revision to get me in the mood. I'm learning so much and now I really want to do biology for A-level. That's good. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much and best of luck in your exams, Anna. And you know where we are when you do your A-levels and you start. Mm -hmm. We're here. You know exactly where to find us and tell all your classmates about us. Thank you very much. Is that the bell? Yeah, that was the oh, bell. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I need to fill my water bottle off. <laughs> I think I'd be so thirsty for this whole recording. <laughs> yeah, but apologies if you're really thirsty now. Go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better uh, go and get a drink then. Yeah, desperate. See you later. I've been Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye, bye.